Today's Big Tent Ideas podcast is the first of two in a series from Theo Clark of the Coalition for Global Prosperity. Before it starts, let me just briefly tell you that you can let us know what you think by tweeting at us at Big Tent Ideas. And you can find out the latest developments in what's happening ahead of this year's Big Tent Ideas Festival, which will take place on the 15th of June by visiting bigtent.org. If you have an idea that you'd like to put out on the Big Tent podcasts, let us know. But for now, we hope you enjoy this one. Welcome, everyone. I'm Theo Clark, the founder and chief executive of the Coalition for Global Prosperity. We're a new organisation which looks at how Britain can be a force for good in the world. And barely a day goes by when we don't see Brexit splashed across our front pages. And frankly, I think most of us have complete Brexit burnout. So in these podcasts, I'm going to completely ignore the minutiae of Brexit and instead focus on the big picture, Britain's place in the world. And the phrase Global Britain has become a catchphrase for politicians across all sides of the political divide. But what does it really mean? And for me, Global Britain isn't a slogan. It's a philosophy that should shape our government. And fundamentally, I think that the UK's future and success is deeply intertwined with what happens in the rest of the world. And in an increasingly interconnected world, what happens in other countries matters to us. Global challenges require global solutions, and I think the UK has a really important role to play in this. So in practice, that means we need to look outwards, we need to support free trade, make sure we have the capacity to defend ourselves and our interests from global threats, and crucially, we need to actively develop and implement policies to promote prosperity for all. And in this series of podcasts, I'm going to interview political, military, business and other leaders to get their views on what Global Britain means and how to make it a reality. And at the Coalition for Global Prosperity, we're focused on how Britain can use its aid budget in conjunction with its defence and foreign policy to transform lives around the world. And ultimately, I want to end aid dependency, bar, of course, funding emergency humanitarian responses. And I think we can and should live in a world where every country can support its citizens and nobody lives in extreme poverty. And that might sound like a pipe dream, but actually we're much closer than you might think. So 50 years ago, half of the world's population lived on under $2 a day, and now that's less than 10%. And in part, that's thanks to capitalism and the global markets, which of course have created new jobs and opportunities for billions of people around the world. But development assistance and UK aid has also played an important role. And it's the generosity of the British taxpayer, which has literally transformed lives. In the last three years, UK aid has ensured that 11.4 million children have gained a decent education. UK aid has also provided 40.3 million people 
with access to clean water and better sanitation, and has also supported the immunisation of approximately 37.4 million children. And I think those are staggering achievements, and achievements which I think the British public should all be proud of. But spending on aid, as you all know, is highly controversial. For nearly 30 years, politicians have been saying that the UK should spend 0.7% of our income on overseas aid. Now, we are actually fulfilling that promise. But for a lot of people, it could seem like the wrong priority. So should we really be sending money overseas when we face challenges in our national health service here at home? Can we really justify paying for education in developing countries when schools in the UK say that they're underfunded? And I think those are really important questions. But for me, it's a false dichotomy. We don't have to choose between funding public services or our military and funding aid, but we can do both. And let me give you an example of why. So fundamentally, I think that UK aid helps keep us safer, healthier and better off. And I'm sure you all remember watching the horror of the Ebola outbreak on our nightly news. And it was a really terrifying and deadly virus which could have so easily spread here to the UK because, of course, pandemics don't respect borders. But the reason it didn't was thanks to the incredible response of the global community. And I've seen for myself the life-saving work carried out by brave British aid workers in Sierra Leone. And I've met the doctors and nurses who came from our country and went to prevent Ebola from reaching our shores. And DIF had rapidly scaled up our response on the ground to help build their local infrastructure, which was really close to collapse. So not only do we swing into action to contain existing epidemics, but every year UK aid is pumping millions into research and development, helping to create new drugs, new vaccines and new treatments to halt pandemics. But viruses are not the only global threats that we face. Hostile states and aggressive governments have always been a threat to Britain. But increasingly, we're recognising the huge threats that come from weak, fragile governments. Failed states can incubate terrorism and conflict, destroy economies and forces people to leave their homes and migrate across borders. And that is why we need UK aid to help us build more resilient governments which can tackle organised crime, extremism and modern slavery around the world. And in Tanzania, I've seen this means using taxpayer money to prevent criminals smuggling heroin into Europe and ultimately onto Britain. In Nigeria, we're countering the violent extremist ideology of Boko Haram to reduce terrorist threats to Britain. So when it's spent well, aid doesn't just keep us safer and healthier, but in the long run it makes us all better off. And the UK is a trading nation. Whatever side of the Brexit argument you come down on, I think everyone would agree that our future relies on creating high-value jobs at home and developing strong trading relationships abroad. And furthering the economic development of poorer countries is key to achieving both these aims. 
if we think that Africa's population is set to double by 2050, we need to create 18 million extra jobs. So there's a chronic need for public and private sector investment to create better opportunities in Africa to prevent the next generation from falling further into poverty and potentially falling mass migration and instability, which has direct consequences for Britain. So by creating healthier populations, empowering women, building the infrastructure for economic growth, we can create a virtuous circle of development that ultimately means that countries will no longer need our aid. And through investing in jobs and people in emerging economies, we are creating our future trading partners of tomorrow. And South Korea is a perfect example of this. The country used to receive billions of dollars in aid, but now it's a high-income country. I mean, last year alone, the UK traded 7.2 billion worth of goods and services with South Korea. And they're now one of our top trading partners in East Asia. So when it's spent well, aid doesn't just end global poverty and suffering, but it makes us all better off. And of course, the problem is, as we all know, that despite our best intentions, aid isn't always spent as well as it could be. But I really do believe that if we use our aid budget properly, we can end aid dependency in the next few decades. And although I'd be the first to admit that our government doesn't always get it right, and there is always a risk that we give money to a project which turns out to be useless or that our money is sometimes lost to corruption or mismanagement. But we have to clearly scrutinise every partner the government is working with and every programme the UK is funding. And I think that wasting aid and funding corruption or exploitation is criminal and must be rooted out. But that is not a reason to abandon our commitment to aid. It's a reason to do it even better. And I want to see an aid budget that sits alongside our defence and foreign policy. We need a much more joined up approach from the government where DFID, the Foreign Office and the MOD are working together. And UK aid should also reflect our strategic interests and tackle the issues that the public truly cares about. And that's why I'm really glad that UK aid is now confronting the challenges of plastic waste and is protecting endangered species such as the Sumatran tiger. And I also think it's right that DFID is supporting Commonwealth veterans and their families who bravely served our nation during World War II to make sure they're not living in poverty, but instead are supported to live in dignity. And that is UK aid in action. So in the long term, I share the aid sceptics' view that ultimately we should aim to reduce our aid budget. And our goal should not be to give ever larger sums of money to overseas governments. Our goal should be to end poverty and therefore end the need for aid. And I would never try to claim that aid is a silver bullet. It's not. But on its own, aid cannot solve the world's problems. We need a free trade agenda an active diplomacy and defence strategy to succeed. But I've also seen firsthand that aid has such a potential to be an incredible force for good in the world and also helps to ensure that the UK maintains its position 
as a leader on the world stage. And I think that UK Aid sends a very clear message about British values and our role in the world. UK Aid flies our flag for Britain around the world and is a vital tool of our soft power. So we now have the opportunity to reconsider what sort of nation do we want to be? And I believe that we should use this opportunity to forge an even more positive global future for ourselves. Because Britain is great when we boldly champion our values at home and abroad in response to the defining challenges of our time. And never before has it been more important that we do this. <laughs>